Hey MW, it's Melissa. And Stephanie Karkache, two sisters and the founders of Millennial Women. And your host of Millennial Women Talk. We're so grateful you're sharing your time with us today. Given the current climate in the world right now, we have decided to put a pause on our current podcast schedule to bring you up-to-date resources that can help you during this time of need. Steph and I are self-quarantining and recording from our closets, so this episode may sound just a bit different. But don't worry, MW, you'll still get the same high-quality conversations you're used to hearing right here on our podcast. In today's episode, we speak to Daniel Beinstein, a psychological and intuitive astrologer. We are honored to have Danny back on the show to help us navigate and possibly help us understand our current climate as we all face an unprecedented time of a global pandemic. There were so many insightful moments on this episode, but here are some of our top takeaways. The new normal is different than the normal. It is not going back to the way things were. It's just not, it's, it's not possible, right? It's not possible. There's too much economic fallout. There's too much that's come forward. There's too much that's been revealed. So the greatest thing anybody can do right now is to develop a relationship with uncertainty. What an amazing time to let go of living for other people. What I mean by that is like going to law school because your dad wants you to go to law school or going to law school because you were raised to be a farmer, but you've always wanted to go to law school. You know what I mean? I think this is a time to really get in touch with like the calling. Okay, MW, the journey to getting closer to the best you starts right now. Hi, beautiful ladies. It's really nice to hear your voice. Oh, same, Danny, same. Thank you so much for being on the show again. We appreciate it. We need you now more than ever. No. Um, well, I'm just trying to, you know, show up in any way I can and, and do my part. And it's, you know, there was a meme that was going around in on Overheard LA. It was posted by Overheard LA saying like, no one's astrologer or spiritual teacher predicted this. And the truth is, we did. But, you know, we only hear what our consciousness is a is really capable of absorbing at the time. And we we see things through our own filter, right? So all astrologers, you know, really spoke about 2020 being a a massive year of change and gro- global restructuring. I personally thought it was going to be a market crash, which it is. And I thought it was going to be more of a political revolution, which it also may be. I could have never, ever, ever predicted this in this form. But I, I think that it's more than anything, it's being able as best that we can, given, given that we're human, you know, to be whole, to be able to hold the duality of it all. Right. So on one end we have the very destabilizing nature of this virus, right? It's it's caused great financial uncertainty. So that kind of primal security um, activation. And then of course, um, confronting us with death, which is something that most of us are in denial about most of our lives, right? So there's a real primal part of us that's being activated. So there's that, right? And then there's also... The larger picture, right? We're seeing humanity kind of come together. We are seeing the planet itself regenerate at almost like a rapid rate. I don't know if you've heard, but in Venice, Italy, we are they are seeing dolphins in the Venice yeah. canals, right? Like mm-hmm. so, 
can we hold the duality of this and can we not shy away from our humanity, but really look it straight in the eye? And the same thing with our mortality. Now for those who've just completed their Saturn return or completing their Saturn return at the end of this year, this is a true awakening because those those who have been having their Saturn return have very strong Capricorn energy. And right now we have what's called stelium and Capricorn, which is what um, all the predictive things that were coming forward were about something called the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, which I mentioned the last time we spoke, I'm sure. Right. Um, and that mm-hmm. occurred on January 12th yeah. of 2020. Those two planets, so Pluto takes roughly 248 years to grow in the zodiac. Saturn takes roughly 28 and a half years. Last time they met up was in Libra, the sign of Libra, which is partnership in 1982, which is why you had so many divorces, right? Because Libra represents partnership and relationship. Now, well, Saturn on the 21st moved into Aquarius. It'll backtrack back into Capricorn from July 1st to December 17th, but it's an Aquarius now, but Saturn and Pluto, you know, in Capricorn is really about a massive global restructuring and the death of establishments that we had held in a certain level of certainty. And we've been seeing this energy start to rise between Me Too movements and like, you know, real transparency in terms of leaders and CEOs, uh, expose their their shadow extremely exposed so we've been kind of on on the journey on the brink and what this is really to me what i see this as and this is not in any way to downplay the reality as we said before we got on the call i am starting to get word of people who are in close circles who are on the brink of death so i don't mean this in a spiritual bypass at all but this not but and this virus to me is a bit like a Rorschach test, right? So it's bringing forward whatever is in our subconscious. So those of us who feel uh, an acute sense of paranoia about the state controlling us, it's activating that, right? For those of us who have uh, a fear of death, it's activating that, right? For those of us who have major financial concerns and see um, see things from a scarcity perspective, it's activating that. And so those of us who are, who are in a state of consciousness, meaning not ill right now, and can really access, you know, these questions within us, to me, the opportunity is to look at what is being activated and why. And because, very early tomorrow morning we have a new moon in Aries. This is also about a rebirthing. Mm. So looking at, you know, those who are doing the work, because I don't want to push something that that feels a little too scary. Even looking at your own birth, the process of your own birth, what was present, you know, what was the consciousness of your mom, the circumstances, and how do you cradle yourself and and hold yourself through the birthing process, kind of rebirthing the self. And then just, you know, what aspects of the self are being birthed right now and how do we relate to leadership? How can we burn off resistance um, or stuckness? And, you know, start to clarify who do we want to be in this new world that is coming? We don't, we don't know exactly what it's going to look like. It's going to be dependent on the free will of individuals, you know, and the collective consciousness. Like I said, Saturn just moved into Aquarius and 
it'll stay there until July 1st, like I said, and then it'll return on December 17th where it'll stay until March of 2023. And this is really about how we relate to the collective, how we relate to scientific and technological advancement, um, to our principles, to our ideologies, um, to any groups or organizations that we feel associated with. But Saturn co-rules Aquarius, just like it ruled Capricorn. So it's still in its home sign, in a home sign. Those are the only two signs that it rules. So to me, you know, every generation has the global event that is a date with destiny. And I'm seeing this as that for this generation, you know, and two and multiple generations. Cause I would say the boomers had Vietnam, right, right? at least the American boomers, I should say had Vietnam. And so, you know, we weren't alive for that. I wasn't, you weren't, but as I understand it, there was, you know, massive unrest. There was also, you know, the civil rights movement and the women's movement and all of that. So for millennials and Xennials and generation X, this is, this is there. And Gen Z, I would say even. This is our calling. And it's really going to be up to us what we do with it, right? Yeah. Everything in it's also really important to remember that everything in nature grows and expands and then contracts. Nothing in nature grows exponentially indefinitely. Nothing. So to me, this is like a contraction so we can be reborn. And we forget that, right? Because we think in our in our culture of hyper-productivity that we're meant to be robots ourselves and go, 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 go. Right. It's, it's not possible. And it's it's not natural. So I think we're also realizing that. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I mean, I everything you're saying. <laughs> It's really hitting home. And, you know, it's it's funny because I'm going right now through my Saturn returns. And so the beginning of 2020 was so terrible emotionally for me. I was like really dealing with so many things spiraling up, things I thought was in the past, but they're now present. And it was just it been amounting, but then also, you know, I'm also like with millennial women, we're able to speak with other women and it's been multiple people going through similar things in the beginning of the year. And then now this, and wow, it's, it's really wow. And it's very interesting to hear you even talk about how this has also played out in other generations. Um, I want to go to one of your posts because as now all of this is happening and all of these things are arising in us, right? All these triggers, you know, all of our you know, subconscious fears, all of these things are arising. You, you did a post the other day and I want to actually read what you had written because it really was very powerful. You said, and yet in order to move through it, we must feel it. The confusion, the fear, the anxiety, we must feel it because if anything is going to get us through this, it's one another. And if we can't feel, we can't connect not at the level that's going to be required of us. Can you talk a little bit about what you meant by this super powerful statement. Yeah. So I think I also mentioned in that post that if you look at the things that have kind of grabbed the national headlines in terms of health leading up to this, first we had, not first, we had vaping, which destroys the lungs, right? right? And I'd, I'd be curious to hear how many of the younger generation that is suffering from this had been vaping 
or smoking or something already starting to destroy the lungs. But that's a totally, I haven't heard any link between that, but that, so there's that. And then there's the wildfires, right? So we had Australia in Los Angeles. We've had major wildfires. We have Amazon, which is called the lungs of the world burning. So mm-hmm. the lungs wow. are the heart chakra and the heart chakra is where we connect. And I believe that we have been in a crisis of the heart that we have not connected at the level that we as human beings really need, that technology, while it's created connections, it's also kept us separate. It doesn't need to, but it has. And that we've we've sheltered ourselves from our feelings because again, this over-focus on productivity and achievement and success and material acquisition, right? It's distanced us from our heart. And, you know, if you look at any time in global or, or localized crisis, right, if you think of 9-11 and the nation, but specifically New York, how New York kind of came together, that's heart, that's feeling. And if we are coming from our head and we are coming just from the logic of it and the data of it, we're going to lose a very, very critical piece of our humanity. I think it was Stalin that said, a million deaths is a statistic, one death is a tragedy, something like that. And I feel like that's, you know, how do we, how do we keep faces alive in all of this, right? Obviously the Vietnam Memorial was incredibly power, is incredibly powerful because it lists all the names. And when you see that, there's just, those are people, they had loved ones, they were daughters, they were sons, they were brothers, they were husbands, they were mostly all men. I think they were all men, right? Were there female? in the army and I don't know. Um, I'm going to say no, but I, I can't speak to that. And I'm sure we'll get feedback on that, but each person has a story, right? And so where there can also be like crisis fatigue, or there can be, you know, those of us on social media constantly bombarded with like, help this person, help this person, help. It can be overwhelming because as human beings, our brains have not caught up to technology. So imagine like, imagine you're walking through a town. I'm watching Outlander right now, not currently while we're talking, but I'm, I'm in the middle of season four. And like, imagine moving, like walking through a town square in like 1780. And like every person was like, you need to help my friend. You need to help my friend. You need to like, that would feel, and that's not what people are doing. You know, the energy is more, it's activated because they want to help, but it's easy to shut down. Like it's easy for our nervous system to go, I can't, it's too much, too many people need help. I need to take care of myself. I can't, can't, right? So I don't know how we're going to navigate all of this because how do we preserve our sanity, right? And stay in our heart and stay open Mm. with the stories that are coming, right? And have always been there, by the way, like have always been there, right? Because We've had massive and gross mm-hmm. financial inequality in this culture, um, racial inequality, um, you know, and so th- again, those are individual stories, which is why storytelling is so powerful. But to me, I, this is very long-winded, but to me the you know, if we're going to survive, it's, it's staying in the heart, but also choosing in, you know, for me, for example, right now, the charities that I'm giving to are about feeding children. Like I'm going to focus on that, you know, I, it's not that I don't believe in every other one as well, but that's, that's just where I'm going to focus my energy. Right. So it's like, I, I find that that's a more helpful 
thing for me as an individual to choose a charity or choose something to focus whatever donations I can so that I don't get overwhelmed and that I can stay, like, I know that I'm directing my energy in this way. Does that make sense? Um, I find that helpful. But I think ultimately, yeah, it's like, how do we keep our hearts alive when we are in the face of so much tragedy? You know what I mean? Absolutely. And you know, even now, obviously we need to be social distancing and we need to be isolating so that we can control uh, this virus and protect our family. But at the same time, it's like what you were referring to even after, you know, technology, although yes, we are somewhat connected, there is still a disconnect. You know, how can we now... And now that we're going to be more isolated from the human, from human connection, you know, how can we now navigate and, and you may not have the answer because this is so early on, but you know, what do you forecast? You know, how do we get back into what you said to the heart? How do we get back to the soul after this is over? Well, first we don't have to wait till it's over because accessing our own heart, the energy field of our own hearts is massive. So the first thing starts with connecting with our own energy field and right. our own heart and not being afraid to feel, not being afraid to let the feeling move through when it comes forward. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. The second thing is like, have you ever been more excited to like hug your friend or your loved ones? Like, mm-hmm. you know, that you aren't in proximity yes, to, like you I guys are in separate it. locations <laughs> right now, right? Right. So it's like, I, you know, my hope, my hope, and, and I am an optimist at my core. My hope is that we realize how much we need one another, right? Like on a personal level, one of my favorite things to do is like find a local coffee shop and frequent it my whole life, no matter where I've lived, I've done that. Right. So like being divorced from that experience, um, recognizing how important that is to me. It's like, getting back into the community, you know? I mean, I just think we're going to value it so much more. We're going to value in-person things so much more. How many times, especially here in Los Angeles, it's less so in New York City, but like, and other places, but like in Los Angeles, it's like, oh, I don't, right. I don't really want to sit through traffic. Right. Like, you know, to go visit a friend, like, I don't really feel like doing that. Why don't we just postpone it? And like how we're all going to be sitting in traffic forever long we need in order to see the people we love, you know, on the other side of this. So I, I just think there's going to be a reprioritization of the mm-hmm. things that matter. You know, I think there's going to be a shift in values just in general, right? We've mm-hmm. exalted as a culture, material gain, celebrity. I think that my hope is that like nurses doctors, people on the front lines, you know, mm-hmm. people who are working in checkout right now, who are delivering our mail. Like in the past, we valued yep. those jobs, you know, and we, we don't 100%. as a culture. Yep. Let's just be I, honest. We don't, you know, it's not, it's not getting the likes on Instagram that, right. you know, ex celebrity is right. And I, that's not to knock celebrities. I'm just saying that we've moved the needle a little too far. And so, I agree. And it's funny, I was even talking call. to Steph about that precisely this morning, because I do feel that, um, and I'm about to wrap up my Saturn return. So I, I feel almost like there's, there is a new wave coming, which in a weird, bizarre way, I'm kind of excited for because I feel like really wonderful things are going to come out of it. But I would love to ask you, do you think it's safe to say that the world has permanently changed forever because of this? And we won't go back to how it used to be. 
Um, for now. Well, well, let's look at history, right? <laughs> I'm a I'm a dork. I love history, right? So if we look at history, everything occurs in cycles, right? So the closer we are to an event like this, yeah, the value shift, but mm-hmm. then we forget. Right. We forget, right? And our reptilian brain takes over more and more and, you know, we shift and then it comes back again. So if you look at um before this happened, before this happened, the, the analogy that I kept making, astrology aside, um, was prior to the French Revolution and the Roaring Twenties, right before the crash of 29. And that's, that's what our culture has been, right? Excess, a kind of a focus on material acquisition. And, and, I'm, and by the way, I'm not anti-abundance and enjoying what we have and the luxuries of life and sensuality and all of that. It's all part of the human experience, mm-hmm. but at what, at what cost and how much, right? right? So prior to those, then we had the crash of 29. Then we had the Great Depression followed by the New Deal. What's interesting about that, let me just bring it to astrology, is that Uranus and Taurus, so Uranus takes about 84 years to grow on the Zodiac, roughly seven years in every sign. So it was in Taurus uh, in 1934. So it's just about the time of the New Deal. And in 2018, it dipped back into Taurus, went back into Aries. And now in 2019, it moved into Taurus. It'll be there until 2026. So expect market volatility and expect, you know, our understanding of money and finances, all of that to continue to shift kind of dramatically and be a bit volatile. Mm. But it's interesting that the concept of the Green New Deal Mm. is coming forward, right? On this cycle of Uranus being back in Taurus. Uranus is the great disruptor, I should mention that. Um, And Taurus deals with finances, money, possessions, all of that, right? And the earth. That's why it's interesting that every year Earth Day falls during tourist season. So that's so that's worth noting. And then, you know, prior to that, way prior to that, if you look at the French Revolution and Marie Antoinette and Versailles and like this kind of while a lot of people were starving, right? And then what do you have? You have the French Revolution. And then so it's natural, and that's, you know, it's natural for us to go to an extreme and then the pendulum swings. So do I think the world's forever altered? I think the history books are forever altered. But I think as human beings, we're still gaining in consciousness. And who knows how long that'll take? You know, we're definitely further along than we were in some ways. In some ways, no, because we've had a lot of chaos and stress globally in this in this country. We have an opium epidemic, you know. There's a lot of things that have been happening in the shadows that have not been addressed. So to me, it's just the pendulum swinging in history. Absolutely. Does that, does that make sense? Totally. Totally. I think, um, you know, what has occurred is unimaginable, right. To us. And, Mm -hmm. but then it, it takes, you know, speaking a little bit about history to see, wow, this isn't the first time that something like this has happened. But the question that we continue getting from everyone around us even within ourselves is, okay, when is it going to get back to normal, right? Like when is it's this not. over, right? It's not. The, the normal, the, the new normal is different than the normal. It is not going back to the way things right. were. It's just not, it's, it's not possible, right? It's not possible. There's too much economic right. fallout. There's too much that's come forward. There's too much that's been revealed. So 
the greatest thing anybody can do right now is to develop a relationship with uncertainty. Tony Robbins says that the the degree of success is dependent on the degree in which one can handle uncertainty. I'm paraphrasing, but, and with Uranus and Taurus until 2026, I would let go of the idea of back to normal. Mm. And I would encourage the embracing of the unknown, which by the way, the unknown can bring miraculous things. Right. You know, our relationship to the unknown is is related to our relationship with catastrophe and trauma and how, you know, we see the future. And so what does security mean to us? What matters to us? So, yeah, I think it may be a hard pill to swallow, but the normal of 2019, which by the way, wasn't even that normal, you know, like things have been getting strange for a while. That's gone. And for some of our listeners right now, you know, What's the glimmer of hope? Is it really wait till 2026? How you're no, saying? No, 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 no. I to me the glimmer of hope. I'm I'm already seeing it. It's like the level of humanity. It's that mm-hmm. like you know when you know all those movies that were about like an alien coming down to Earth and all the nations come together to fight the alien. Like this feels like that. It's like nations, like doctors and scientists around the globe are connecting to find a cure. It's like you're seeing you're seeing people from all over the globe feeling connected because they're experiencing the same thing. People in Italy are locked inside their homes. Americans feel locked inside their homes. You know, so this is bringing us together as a global community. To me, that's incredible. The recentering of values, Mm -hmm. tremendous beauty, earth regenerating. I mean, there's, there is a lot, a Mm -hmm. lot of hope all around us, you know? So Again, it's not a it's not a binary thing. Mm. It's can we hold it all simultaneously? The world has always been messy and complicated, you know? That hasn't changed. What's changed is that we become more aware that everything is un- and, mm-hmm. and unknown and it always has been. What is your best piece of advice for a millennial woman right now to I don't want to say to take advantage of this blessing in disguise. But what what would be your advice? And for every woman right now listening to this during this time, what should we be really doing? What should we be focusing on? What, what your values are, who, what matters to you, and what an amazing time to let go of living for other people. What I mean by that is like going to law school because your dad wants you to go to law school or going to law school because you were raised to be a farmer, but you've always wanted to go to law school. You know what I mean? I think this is a time to really Mm. get in touch with like the calling Mm. and what feels because what feels most authentic because the external world, the physical world is shifting so rapidly. So to hang on to anything outside of yourself is a disservice in a time of so much change. Absolutely. I I love that. You know, I want to I want to say something that you had written on your on your Instagram that really hit home for me and I reposted it. But the affirmation that you have posted on your post was I am strong, healthy and vital. I radiate light from the center of my being. And you posted this about a week ago, which is right at the moment that this this started for us here in America. Obviously, it's happening globally. You know, what do you hope for the future after all this is over? that we know our own divinity 
that we move deeper into compassion and empathy, but also strength and resilience. Mm. That we know our own power as individuals and as a collective. That's so good. That's very powerful, Danny. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. I mean, even just from our first episode and just the content you're putting out on a daily basis. I mean, you are really helping us during this time and helping us navigate these uncharted waters, but also for bringing us hope, right? So I, I, I appreciate, me and Steph appreciate in our community, your honesty and and uh, and your vulnerability, really. But also you're giving us so much hope during this time and we appreciate you. Please don't stop doing everything you're doing because you're really making a big change. Oh, I, it's my intention to serve. So, you know, I'm just, it's just my honor. Amazing. Thank you so much, Jenny, for your time. We wish you well, safe, and uh, we're here for you. So we're just a phone call away. Me too. So much love. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. You can find more resources surrounding COVID-19 by signing up to our newsletter at wearemillennialwomen.com and by following us on Instagram at wearemillennialwomen. We encourage you to continue on with the conversation and share this episode with a fellow MW who needs it. Always remember to keep being the strong, amazing woman that you are and never forget to live inspired. Until next time, MW. Always love, Melissa and Stephanie Karkache.